want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. an everyday process. Coffee's for closes only. You're listening to the Mori Health Podcast. He is a doctor of physiotherapy, an exercise scientist, has a keen interest in sport and musculoskeletal work, has, which has seen him uh, coordinating injury prevention and athlete management programs for both amateur and semi-pro athletes. This has seen him working with the likes of Sydney AFL team, Western Suburb Magpies, North, North's Rugby Union, Shoot Shield team, and the Cronulla Sharks, Harold Matts, and SG Ball teams. He's now an NRL referee physiotherapist and works in a clinic located in Sydney's Sutherland Shire out of Gaimia for peak performance physiotherapy. Please welcome my good friend, Kevin Vung. Ah, thanks, bro. What a wrap. Yeah, so um, thanks for coming on board. I guess I'm going to dive straight into it and ask you, why did you become a physiotherapist and what was your journey from the decision that you went, oh, yep, physio, to now? And, and think of it as if you're trying to educate someone who is thinking about getting into the industry. Yeah. Um, so I suppose the idea of physiotherapy started heaps long ago so probably about 10 years ago so 15 years ago or something like that when I was about 10 12. So how old are you now 27 right. there you go 15 there you go 15 to 17 years ago mm-hmm. so um like I suppose playing a fair few sports when I was younger um getting injured going to a clinic locally and then seeing a whole lot of uh people walking out of there doing what they wanted to do after not being able to do it for a while. Um, that sort of just sparked something in my mind. Like, I want to have that type of input into someone's life, like put into it, make a change. Sorry, make a change um, to, their, to, the, to their life. So I suppose that's where I was exposed to physiotherapy at the start. Um, and then, yeah, just kept playing sport, kept getting injured, kept going back to the same physio and whatnot. And yeah, I think just getting involved into it made me enjoy it nice nice um so you said you got injured what was the very first injury that you copped <laughs> a jarred thumb bro a jarred thumb <laughs> what were you doing how'd you jar your thumb uh i was playing cricket bit of I cricket think, yeah oh. so not a good cricket player back in the day when i just started so catching the red leather um you just didn't know what to do you hit the thumb and you're like shit i think i broke it at 10 you start crying and you get to a physio and yeah, that's, that was my first injury. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and then after that, what was the next thing? Because, you know, after one, it just keeps coming in. It just keeps rolling. Um, I think the next one was rolling my ankle. I'm playing a bit of uh, schoolyard rugby league. Um, there was a bit of a ditch in the ground. And then next thing you know, you're, you're on the floor with it. Right. And uh, you grew up in Western Sydney, right? So yeah, we know that's the. Great. We know that the sporting fields out there are uh, top-notch quality and there's, there's no ditches at all. So um, surprised that you found a ditch um, in, nah. in, in the potholes that are <laughs> of Western Sydney uh, local suburban grounds. No surprises I think there. It depends where you go. Depends right. where you go. Right, right, right. <laughs> My particular one, there was a big pothole. Mm. 
Now, uh, I guess going from that first injury and deciding that, you know, oh, physiotherapy is not too bad. I, I think I could do this uh, as a kid. Um, what things did you put in place to try and get yourself there? Um, well, I suppose to start off with, it was just, like I had an older cousin, probably two, three years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she went into study physio. So I just picked her brains, asked her what it was like studying it. Um, and then I suppose when I got into year 11, year 12, I was just like, well, I just want to do, like my biggest thing was PDHPE. Mm-hmm. Really grasped the concept with the anatomy side of things compared to every other unit that I did. Um, then I applied for sports science at ACU. Mm-hmm. and physiotherapy at Sydney Uni. Didn't get the grade, so I just went straight into sports science. What was the From mark there, for um, Sydney Uni at the time? I think it was like a 99-something, 97. Yeah. It was yep. way up there. Mm. Um, Ridiculous But then, yeah, getting, yeah, getting into sports science, I was like, well, it's got to start here. I've got to do something. So I went to work as a physio assistant at a clinic. Um, so learned a lot of things from there so hands-on stuff communication then went into the ep side of things too there because i had an ep clinic attached mm-hmm. to it um and then learned just the exercises um basics from them then i suppose enjoying a little bit more that's when i got involved um into the afl side of things because our clinic was branching out to that mm-hmm. Enjoyed every bit of it because it made you think on your feet. It made you communicate very succinctly to, uh, to your players, particularly those that weren't listening to you. So you had to find a way to communicate to them. So I loved all that. Any, any good there. stories from that? Sorry to, to break up that. But um, any good stories about uh, uh, any players that were a bit challenging and you thought, you know, I know better and uh, this is how we're going to deal with it? Yeah, well, there's, because we're, the, the, the club that I worked with initially, they were, a lot of the boys were um, in the army. Uh, so, what was the club? Yeah. Western, ah, oh, shit. That's a long time ago. That's all right. Moorbank Magpies. Moorbank Magpies. Moorbank Magpies. Yeah. Right. I remember one of them got concussed. I'm like, no, nah, you got to come off. And he just blatantly said, F off. <laughs> like, at that tender, well, yeah, being that new into the field, I was like, ah, oh, shit. All right. I walked off and Hands backed up. off because I'm like, this guy can, he, yeah, he's been through a lot of crap, so yeah, I don't know anything. And he could yeah. chew your head off at any moment. Hundred percent, it was triple my size. <laughs> you knew me, I was a scrawny little guy. <laughs> You've come a long way, mate. You've come a long way. It's been pretty good. So you were you were doing some, um, was that volunteer work or was that a paid job? How old were you when you were doing that? Uh, that was paid. So that was basically once a week, so game day stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is as you're going through uni and doing your sports science yeah. degree? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was my yep. first couple of steps. Um, did you and go and do yeah. personal training or group training, fitness courses, things like that? Or sort of did you just go in and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm willing to help. Uh, I'm very enthusiastic. I'm doing this degree at uni and um, give us a job. Uh, yeah, basically, I was just like, hey, I want to do, a, I want to be a physio. Where can you help me? Nice. And then nice. basically said, come, we'll take you on. And yeah, we've got other physio students here. And even though you're not doing it, we'll help you out. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really, so, really cool. Was, 
that was good. That was my first exposure to private clinic. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you would have been, what, 19 years old when you were doing that? Uh, 18. 18. So straight out yeah. of high school, straight into a physio aid position type thing, training, yeah. and uh, yeah. get out there and old mate from the army's telling you, I'm not coming off, you, you bloody idiot. And yeah. Yep, all right. No worries. <laughs> He's a big fella. Let him go. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then from there, um, what, what other experiences were you accumulating on the way? Um, well, I did that for several years and then I went to North Rugby, Shoot Shield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wanted something different. So just job seeker, whatever you call but it's sports people was a good website to if you want to get into volunteer roles or look for um, physio jobs. Is that jobs for sports people? people? Yeah. Yeah, sportspeople.com yep. is a really good website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I picked this one up. Um, and then, yeah, did did that for about a year and a bit. That was a year that North Rugby finally broke, uh, broke the drought. Broke the drought. Yeah. Uh, and finally won the, the premiership against Sydney Uni. Hey. That was good. It was good to be part of it. That's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, did that for a couple of years as well. Um, Do you think you were, impl- to, you were instrumental yeah. in getting them across the line? Nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose I did uh, like the strapping. I did the rub You down. kept the boys on the field, like, right? We had a head physio. Mm. Yeah. You had the head physio that, that looked after the whole, whole thing because I was probably at this stage only 21. Mm-hmm. And only what? couple of weeks in into my Macquarie um, degree so yeah had n- no idea about injury right management yeah yep. yep awesome that's pretty cool and then from there shoot shield into where'd we go AFL yeah back to local uh, western suburbs AFL mm-hmm. um, and that's a great club um, whereabouts do they play at they're at Ash. It's like Ashfield area. Ashfield. In the west. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're, I was there for placement first, and then the head physio there said, "Hey, look, we're looking for someone to join our club to look after Div Two. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Sweet, I'm keen." Uh, and then yeah, it's stuck with them for the second year. Right, right. So no loyalty to any in particular sport. I mean, you've gone from rugby league to rugby union to AFL. You just seem to like all oval ball sports. Um, did you dabble 100%. in soccer at all or anything like that? I mean, cricket's nah. the only exception there. Oh, I wouldn't mind cricket. I, I still keep that as an open, uh, open option right now. Right, right. So if yeah. the Australian cricket team said, hey, Kev, come on over, we could use your help. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'll see if, if you, I can. Yeah. If I know a few people, we can uh, we can make try, try and make that work out. Um, oh, hundred percent. Even if it's even if it's the All Blacks, you know, because you're related to all of them over there. I mean, I've got New Zealand heritage and a, and a Kiwi passport, but at the moment we're not going anywhere because of this bloody COVID. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then anyway, so you went from shoot shield at Norv's, winning the premiership back to local AFL at Western Suburbs, and then you've gone to Cronulla Sharks? Yeah, so after that was all done, I went um, to Cronulla Sharks. Mm -hmm. I saw an offer up there again on on an ad, took that on, went for an interview, and I'm like, hectic, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Knowing 
walking with expectation. I'm not going to get this. It's come on, like it's NRL Cronulla Sharks. Now, at this point, were you a fully um, fledged physio, or were you still as a student trying to get through yeah. the day? No, uh, at this stage, I was a physio. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've been working in the industry for about six to twelve months at that stage. Mm-hmm. And then, so what was the experience over at the Cronulla Sharks? Those boys can be interesting. Sorry, you cut out. Sorry. Um, so what was the experience over at the Cronulla Sharks? That that experience can always be fun and interesting. Oh, yeah. It was um, surreal. I think being involved in the whole junior reps program, but also being allowed to follow the first graders, that was pretty eye-opening just to see how things were were operated at a high elite level. Um, mm-hmm. And then comparing to what I've done in the past with uh, sub-elite as an amateur, you sort of get a good feel for all of it. Um, it, it taught me a lot to mm. sort of just how to be regimented in terms of rehab structure, uh, how to alter things, even though someone's injured, uh, how to alter their training program, keep them involved with the squad um, and then write a timeline starting from the day you want them back and then you work backwards from there. Interesting. Cause uh, yeah. I guess every athlete is very different in terms of context. So context is the most important thing as to what time of the competition they're in and, and when they need to play yeah. versus when they could have some weeks off potentially um, depending on if yeah. finals are coming up or big games and they're a big game player and et cetera, et cetera. It's an interesting dynamic yeah. for you to, to juggle. No, that's, that's pretty cool. And yeah. then um, did that land you the role as an NRL physio or NRL referee physio, sorry? Or how did that come about? Um, so doing NRL match day physiotherapy for the referees came about uh, just, through, just through randomly, actually. I was always, because you, as you would know, I've been in the referee thing for a while. And I'm like, I wonder if the uh, referees need something. So I suppose I, can, I reached out to the head physio and I just stalked her. Michelle? <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. he's like, how do, I, how do I get contacts through that? Michelle, so that Minicello, is that? Um, which Minicello is that? Yeah. It, which Minicello is she related to? What do you mean? So it's Michelle Minicello, right? Like She's... Anthony and Mark. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which yeah. one? So, yeah, the Anthony Minicello. Yeah. And Mark Minicello? Yeah, yeah. Which one is she uh, the wife of? No, that's their brothers. Oh, are they are they all... That's their si- brothers. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. see, I didn't know yeah. the whole connection, right? <laughs> okay, cool. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's her siblings. Right. Yeah. So your stalking skills are not great, eh? I mean, I, I don't know her that well, so I've never met the, the lady. Um, yeah. But from all reports, she's a, a wonderful... Wonderful lady, wonderful physio, and yeah. helps keep nah, the awesome. officiating team on the field and keeps them going, which is really cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you stalked her down yeah. on, so, on what LinkedIn and, and said, hey, no, your job? No, I looked at No, 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 no. So I tried to find her and see if I could get a contact email. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't find anything, so I reached out to um, Badger. Yep. And I just said, hey, I'm a physio, blah, blah. Can I get any contact to your head physio, Michelle? And he came back surprisingly and said, hey, this is her email. And so I sent it to her, waited for about four months um, until she replied. I'm like, holy shit, like this is four months ago. Some physios and, uh, really yeah, good that, like that, hey. Yeah. Um, four and months. then four months later, she contacted me 
and then it's like, hey, look, we're planning to do something different this year, which is to have physios rather than trainers. And um, yeah, that's how it started. Man, that's pretty cool. And then, unfortunately, with all this uh, COVID, you what you got one week on the paddock, and then it's all stopped. Or did you get a few weeks yeah, before that yeah, with yeah. the trials? No, nah, I just got the round one, and that was it. So that was Rabbitohs versus Sharks. It was a good game, um, particularly because you're working with a team that you used to work with. So yeah, that is cool. That's pretty cool. Congratulations yeah. on your debut in the NRL as a as a physiotherapist for the. <laughs> Rugby league officials group. Um, it's a very so. um, elite group to be a part of. So I think you should be yeah. pretty proud of that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no worries. Um, all right. That's, that's a pretty good background history, I guess, on, on what you had to go through to get to where you are now. Um, okay. Let's talk clinically a little bit. So you went mm-hmm. to do exercise science at ACU. And then you've, you finished that, then what happened? Um, well, basically my aim was still to get into physiotherapy, mm-hmm. but so I applied for the postgrad at Sydney uni, didn't get into it. So I applied into exercise physiology, uh, got into that. Where was that? Sydney uni. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much did the whole semester. And then I came across Macquarie Uni providing the doctorate program of physiotherapy, which started at semester two. Mm-hmm. So went through the whole semester of, of EP plus exams and I'm like, sweet, okay, well, I haven't heard anything from Macquarie and this is probably the end of the journey for physiotherapy. But then a week before uni was about to kick off, I got an email and they're like, oh, yeah. Congratulations, you've been made an offer to come to studio at Macquarie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, shit, like, what? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't believe it. Closed the book for a little bit. Opened it again. I'm like, the email's still here. It's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Wake like, up from your dream, Kev. Right, come well, on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose after that, I'm just like, great. This is, this is an opportunity calling. I'm not going to waste it. Straight away caught up to new uni. Hey, how do I get out of this course? Uh, and then, yeah, just from there, <laughs> <laughs> jumped across the Macquarie Uni. Again, no loyalty. Just do what you got to do to make it happen, eh? Yeah, 100%. And that's something that I've always lived by is just stay consistent. And if you've got something that you want to do, just keep putting um, processes in place to achieve your outcome. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And you did it, and now you're a fully-fledged doctor of physiotherapy. Um, now, can you talk really quickly about the very controversial, or maybe not, um, use of the title doctor when you do your doctor of physiotherapy and what that means in compared to a master's of physiotherapy and what does it mean to be a, an actual doctor, um, I guess, in, in our industry? Uh, well, I think... As a master's compared to a doctorate, you just do the extra research component, and hence why our course was three years compared to a two. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to an actual doctor, I think, respectively, they put in a lot more work in the research side of things. I'm not saying that we did it in our course, but um, I suppose it's like a thesis in terms of what we did, where they completed the whole thing. 
Yeah, so I guess for some perspective for people, um, Kev's talking about a, a doctor in physiotherapy world, not a, a doctor of medicine and that sort of thing. So yeah. essentially they go through, they do their physiotherapy training and then they go on and do a PhD um, in, I guess, a, a topic or an area within our industry. And that, yeah. that's when they do that deep dive into research. And um, for the actual particular course at Macquarie, I um, believe it's, it's one of the highest, um, I guess, practical hours or, or the, one of the courses with the most uh, practical hours that you have to complete to actually achieve the award. Is that? Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah. Day one, pretty much you get what we call a... Um, yeah, you pretty much get allocated a, an individual in the community and you just basically work with them for a semester. Um, and that was from day one. So, yeah, you got hands-on stuff straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting course for someone that's gone through it. And um, I guess because I'm going through the exact course now, I'm just over yeah. halfway. Um, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it and I'm assuming you did too. 100%. Yeah. Every minute, like, wake up early, who cares? This is what I wanted to do. That's it. it it's definitely okay. worth the sacrifice, even if you are at uni for, what, five to seven years, depending on um, what you're going yeah. through. So what yeah, you yeah. did a three year undergraduate and then a half a semester of uh, XVIS. Six months EP. <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, another and three then years. On top of that with software video. Mm, mm. And you've been yeah, working so ever since. Six and a half years. Yeah. From day one. Yeah. So um, day one, yeah. what happened? You, you got your graduate certificate saying congratulations Mr. Kev Vung, you're now a doctor of physiotherapy. So your title is now Kevin Vung DPT. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. And then BX, BXI or something, uh, whatever that is. And then, so you got, you, yeah. said you had a job from day one. Yeah. Luckily I was very fortunate because, um, with the placement that I finished off last off in, it was a private clinic. Um, and they pretty much took me on board um, as soon as I finished that placement into when I graduated the like sweet. So the transition was pretty easy um, in terms of not needing to find something and whatnot. So, yeah. Was that pretty common for your cohort? For the people that were doing placements, they usually got a job from the places that they were doing placements at? Uh, to be honest, lucky? I can't remember. Eh? Okay. I can't remember. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, that's pretty cool. Now, I guess a little bit of background into our relationship and, and our history for, for those that are listening and, and watching in is that I actually met you refereeing uh, rugby league yeah. at Parramatta Referees. Now, I started when I was 14. And how yeah. old were you when you started refereeing? I'd say probably 15 or so. Okay. So I was in year 10. What year was that? Year 10, mm. 2008. Okay, so that was two years before I started yeah. refereeing. And yeah. I started in 2010. So you were there for two years. Um, you see young buck like me coming through. You go, oh, yep, all right, here we go. Another one. Because there was <laughs> plenty of us around at the time. And um, oh, hey. mm, a, a lot of that cohort is actually still refereeing today, which is, is pretty cool. And um, yeah. I guess from that point, 
what got you into refereeing rugby league? Uh, well, first of all, was the love of the game. Um, second was I wanted to build my personality. Being quite young, I was quiet, no self-confidence, no self-esteem. Didn't know what I wanted. Um, and then being a referee, you're pretty much stuck in the middle. You had to make the decisions and you had to back yourself up against um, like many parents back then who were probably twice your size, twice your age, twice your life experience, whatever. So, and communication was the biggest thing. Didn't know how to talk very well and still don't, but it's given me a, a good platform back then. You got it right so far. Uh, no, that's pretty good. Was was there anyone in particular that I guess pushed you into doing refereeing or said, "Hey, come on over"? No, no, just, just me. Um, our high school was offering a course, and I'm like, "Well, I'm going to do it." So I did it. Heard nothing from them after I completed it. So I just went up to. I just googled, Param- uh, not Parramatta, just um, rugby league referees local. Then Parramatta came up, and then that's it. Yeah. And then little did you know that you're a part of the greatest referee association ever. Oh, 100%. Well, they always bring up Bill Harrigan as the, as theirs, Ashley Klein, uh, as a couple today, but back in the day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've, they've got a long, a long history of being very successful in their refereeing, which yeah. is awesome. Awesome 100%. to be part of. Um, I guess from that refereeing side and, and whatnot, when you were going through there, the likes of me were coming through. What else did you get out of refereeing and what kept you around for more than just a year? Because most people that get into refereeing, they, they get in for one year, they kind of dip their toe in the waters. They don't really do a deep dive because a lot of them are playing and refereeing at the same time. And yeah. um, I guess they, they don't really develop either the way they're going through the ranks or the way they'd like to go through the ranks um, or mm. they're, they're just not seeing that they're enjoying it the same way. Um, but then there's a lot of people that if they do get past that first year, they tend to referee for years on, on end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what kept me around more than a year was I suppose the community that the, uh, the referees provided. Uh, everyone was there to help each other. Not many people were there to sort of like put someone down. Um, if you weren't doing great, I try to pick you up. Um, and then the other thing was just personality. I, I, I got along with a lot of people. Um, and then for me, I didn't want to stop something I just started. I want to dive into it pretty hard, see where I can go with it, um, challenge myself mentally and physically, because uh, that would have been the first place I would got challenged both mentally and physically. Um, and I, it was addictive. So I suppose that's what caught me on. Um, on top of with the community vibe that everyone had. What was the addictive part? The part that you were in control of uh, 26 other people on a field or the fact that <laughs> you were um, seeing yourself develop as a person and as a referee, gaining skills and I yeah. guess fitness and, and physical development on top of things or is it a combination? Uh, no, it's more the latter. Like just having the control over myself and my thoughts and my thoughts would dictate what I would do physically um, and how I would manage stressful situations it all comes into the mind. Like that was the biggest addictive thing. It's like, shit, yeah, I'm angry today, but if I can control that anger and talk to someone really well and get the message across, um, you can see the influence that you have with just the basic words that come out of your mouth. 
mean, um, yeah. When you had, uh, I guess, you know, we all have tough days, but if, if you ever had a stressful situation uh, throughout the week and then you came and refereed on the weekend, did that affect mm. your footy or? Nah, because you were in high school. Like, there was not much stressful stuff in the life, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. No, that's good. Um, and I guess the one thing that I, I take away more than anything else from, from refereeing, first and foremost, is the, the friendships that you develop there. Yeah. Um, would you say that... Um, you you developed a few decent friendships there and and whatnot. Other than obviously this is very evident, but um, yeah. you know, yeah. Now there's a couple of people that I still keep in touch with um, here and there, um, more recent than before. Uh, so yeah, definitely you you make those friendships along the way that you still carry on, like you see between us, mm-hmm. which is like ten years at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, so when you were. 17, you made the decision to stop refereeing rugby league. Yeah. To focus on HSE, am I right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So just the fact of, you know, you have to turn up to training. If you didn't turn up to training, you don't get games. Well, I'm like, well, chuck up the two. Well, at the moment, I can't commit. And if I do commit to refereeing and I don't eventually down the track, I'm just going to let the whole squad down. Um, Or I'm going to be in the way of other people who you know, could have taken this opportunity and made it even better. So I just made the decision, hey, look, if I'm going to half-ass it with refereeing and potentially block someone's avenue to get into better places, just pull out completely and focus on the HSE. That's a really good attitude. Uh, did Did you have any regrets about that or, or whatnot? Or? Oh, always. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, I've talked to you about, like, two, three years ago, how, how I kept saying that I'll come back, I'll come back. Uh, that's good. It, kept, it was always on my mind, and it, it got to a point where I was, I think it was two seasons ago, I was like, I'm dead set going to come back. I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, now you're, you're the physiotherapist for the NRL referee, so you kind of, you jumped everyone that's already been tracking along, trying to get themselves up there as a referee. You've just gone, no, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be their physio. We're just going to go straight to NRL. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's one way to look at it, but it's still not what I wanted to do as a as, as a young kid as well, which was referee. If it was not NRL level, it would have been junior reps level. I would have been happy with that. Uh, but yeah, so I suppose looking back at it, I don't, re- I do regret it, but I don't regret it. Mm. As a physio, of the opportunity of doing match day physio, the referees. It's pretty cool. I mean, as a physio, you've gone through the Harold Matts and SG Ball junior rep system. Um, so you've kind of dabbled in yeah. that area as well, which is yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> like I said, yeah, it's always about change the process, which is if I can't get into junior reps, how am I going to do it, which is through physio. Yeah. And then, yeah. so you stopped refereeing rugby league, but then you started refereeing Oztac. When, when did you yeah. start doing that and what was that process? Um, I think it was basically 2011 or 12, something like that. Um, Stop playing odd tags myself, and I'm just like, hey, look, I want to get back into something I loved, which was refereeing. Um, and again, with everything that I said before, which challenged me mentally and physically, um, I said, you know, at a lower level, social level, just give it a shot, do it again, and yeah, that's how I started. So you've been refereeing for the great Bill Harrigan at Fairfield Oz Tag for years now, and that's, that's seen you go from. Uh, a local park Oztag referee up to state cup at Coffs Harbour. And then yep. you've gone on even to nationals for yep. 
the Australian Nationals uh, seniors and juniors. Is yep. that right? Yep. Yeah. Oz, Oztag um, carnivals, uh, championships. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, did the states, juniors and seniors. Then I went up to nationals, juniors and seniors. And then out of the blue, they um, gave me an offer to referee at State of Origin. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, which was pretty cool. I'm like, ah, I, like I started, I did not expect any of these sort of representative level um, gigs, but they came about and I took it on to challenge myself again. Um, and yeah, again, will not regret it. One of the best experiences that I've had. Mm. And, and what age group or what division was that that you were doing um, the, the state of origin? Pretty much all, because I had um, whatever they had juniors, and then they also had seniors. Oh wow! Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So got got to do like a whole variety of age groups. That's pretty special. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I have the yeah. No, I still got the jersey, so I don't think I'm gonna put that away. I still got that, and then doing. I think it was one of the state cups down in Tamworth. I was ranked up there. I think it was in the top five. And I got a game ball. Wow. So I still, I still got that. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it meant a lot that day. Because <laughs> the was being, being quite hot, right? Uh, I'm quite prone to nosebleeds. Yeah. <laughs> so grand final, under 30s, I think it was like Penrith first, someone. And then all of a sudden, I just like, shit, I got a nosebleed. So I, I try to run it off. Um, and then it just got that hot. I'm like, nah, stop the game, boys. Got the touch judge. He came through, and then that nah, was cool. Um, <laughs> took a break, and then he came back on to finish it off. Jesus. And then the boy, uh, the the teams were like, shit, you're right, and all that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. So it just showed how like these guys were at me. Then at the end of it, they were like, just check, just checking my well-being, which was like, mm. that's what meant a lot to me. Was just that despite the competition, the, the friendships and the community again um, that you're able to develop post-game. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's why the game ball means a lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The fact that you had such a good rapport with the players that they were actually concerned about your welfare. Mm. Um, you must have been doing a pretty decent job. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of, once you hear get them on side to the first time, you, you kind of don't hear it after the hundredth time, do you? So, um, nah, it falls nah. on deaf ears because you're so focused on the game. Yeah. You just, you, the rest of it yeah. doesn't matter. You're there to make your own decisions nah. and that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Now, okay, so you're now working at Peak Performance Physiotherapy, Guy Mia. Yeah. Yep. For the great Ash Cohen, yeah, she's a she's a wonderful physio out there, um, specialising in in dance uh, physiotherapy type rehab and mm-hmm. a number of other things. She's got a history working with uh, the NRL uh, Bulldogs team, and right. she's running her own shop with uh, Sydney Dance Company. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So she's a pretty cool chick. She I got on, and she was my physio for a little bit treating me with a few injuries um, after being connected through a colleague of mine at university and uh, her, her brother, actually, Damien Cohen. And then, as you, you'd know, Damien, Damo? Yeah. Yep. And then, um, I guess, from there, 
Ash was looking to expand and she was going, Hey, we need some physios. Do you know any good ones? Could you recommend some people? <laughs> and I, I kind of said, Hey, um, my friend, Kevin Vung, he went to Macquarie uni. Um, he's pretty good. You should check him out. And I left it at that. Um, you sent in your resume, I, I sent you a message as soon as I walked out of there that day, just yeah. a matter of luck. And then here you are now. How long have you been working for her now? Uh, coming up to two and a half years, I think. No, yeah, two and a half years. Started in Feb on my, no, started in March. Our interview was on my birthday, seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> what a birthday present. I know. How good's that? <laughs> That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. And now um, I don't see Ash anymore. Actually, you're now the physiotherapist that I get to treat me, even though I'm going through and, and learning how to be a physio um, myself. And, and, you know, you can say I know a little bit, but um, that would be uh, an overstatement. So, oh, you know, a fair bit, right? <laughs> you're smart. Yeah, but uh, I still like the idea that I'm not going to be treating myself, that I've got someone else to keep me accountable and that mm. they've got an objective view on to. Um, how I should be doing things and, and how I should be rehabbing um, any little niggles or injuries that I have. So thank you for um, mm -hmm. keeping me on the field and, and keeping me at my peak performance, which is pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure. It, it, it's an absolute honor to have you come to me, uh, even though, you know, Ash is 10 times more knowledgeable. Um, yeah, no, it's a great honor to have you that you'd come to me 100% 100% and I'm, I, I keep sending people down to your way um, as often as I can as, as long as they're not living in North Sydney um, <laughs> <laughs> if they're living you know Bankstown uh, Cronulla that area yeah. St George I'll send them yeah. down your way and, and say hey check out this guy oh, thanks, um, I appreciate well, it um, I wouldn't send anyone to someone that I wouldn't see myself so hmm. um, I think I think what you're doing is pretty good and uh, I'm pretty impressed with all the little side projects that you're working on. <laughs> well, I get um, the mind busy. That's it. So you actually, you do that quite a lot. So I guess you've got a few projects that you're working on. One in particular is the fact that you got into amateur sprints recently. Yeah. So you started doing hundred meter sprint work, mm. right? What got you into that? Um, I suppose I've always wanted to do it as a kid, right? So probably since the age again, like of, of eight, 10 years old, I wanted to do it, but never got the chance to do it. Didn't know what to do. Um, and then basically at the start of last year, two years ago, I was like, I'm going to do it. Didn't even know when the season was. So I checked and it's like, season's completed. What's all the talent? I'm like, okay, well, we'll just give this one a miss. Then following year, I'm like, okay, well, I have to figure it out. On my Windows page, mm. I just left the tab open for for probably eight months. So it reminded wow. me. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm hitting what, age 26, 27, probably peak is about um, around that age or a little bit more and all that. Plus, life commitments are going to get in the way later down the track. So there was no other time except now. Um, so yeah, contacted a couple clubs, caught up a couple clubs, got rejected, no one answered, no nothing. And I just emailed one person probably two, three weeks 
prior to the season starting. And then they're like, yeah, just turn up to a, to, to the park. And I did. Didn't know anyone. And I bumped into these three guys. They're like, after I did all my warm-ups and all that, and they're doing all these players stuff, I'm like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, hey, uh, you guys, what did you, are you here to train or anything? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, and I asked them back, hey, can I just join the club? Would join you guys to train? And yeah, that's how it started. Right. So three and blokes down first, the park, come on over. Yeah. So, and then my first meet was like, I think it was at least on that week. So I trained on the Tuesday. And then, yeah, the, the meet was either the Saturday coming or the Saturday after. So I only had two training sessions on track before I competed. <laughs> That's awesome. And how'd you go? We're, whereabouts did you actually go down to train, first of all? When is the yeah. season, secondly? And then um, where was your first meet? So the park that I train at is um, White Park. So it's just down the road from me in Lidcombe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other question, number two? The season, the season. Oh, the season starts, first meet was October. I think it was like the 23rd of October or something. Um, and the first race was an all-comers. It was at Bankstown. So that was just for people to get used to the season, build their, build just everything. Um, yeah, so that was my first one. And I think I got a 13.72 in my first run. Across 100 metres. Now, was that yeah. off scratch? So... Did, did they have different start points where some people were starting at the zero mark and some people were starting at minus 20 meters? Oh, no, 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 nah, no. Nah. So we all started at the zero, um, but it was in heat. So you're running against people who would be around the same time. Ah, cool, cool. Yeah. So there, there wasn't yeah. a massive gap between you and the guy nah. who's at the front. No. Nah. That's pretty cool. For, so two yeah. weeks of training, you go straight into your first race and then what's the outcome? How'd you go? Yeah, 13.72 and I was pretty, pretty stoked. Like, I mean, going in there, pretty anxious, nervous, um, didn't know what to expect. I mean, I got one one-on-one session with a, uh, an old mate from high school. He ran through um, a couple of things. Um, and then before that, I was doing about a strength, I was doing strength training stuff for about three months um, with a good uh, strength and conditioning EP um, guy called Chris, Chris Aslan, Alpha Athlete. Shout out to um, Chris. So he hooked yeah, hooks me up. Um, and then without him pro- programming those strength stuff, I wouldn't be where I was. Um, so, yeah, put all that together. I was pretty happy with my progress. Right, right. And then so you you get through your first heat. Do you get a second heat? No, nah, that's it. Just the one race. <laughs> yep. It's so all you over. And you, you prep for about an hour. And then your run lasts for about 15 seconds. Or, yeah, if you're faster than that, obviously, yeah, your run is shorter. Surely uh, you could last a little bit longer than 15 seconds. Uh, I want to go faster, bro, not right. longer. Right, right. <laughs> so, of course, sorry. Right. And then, so did you have your little spiky shoes and everything by then? Or is that something you have to get along uh, yeah. the way? No, I got it um, just on the day of my, or the day before my first training session. So, to make me go down to that field, I'm like, okay. I'm going to go get spikes. And then I was looking for about four weeks for spikes. No way had it. So, um, yeah, just turned up to one of the shoe places down in Cronulla and they had my size and I'm like, perfect. Perfect. Get it. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. That's pretty cool. And um, how have you gone from when you started your sprint work to, to now? Have Has your times improved? 
Um, yeah, it, it, it's improved. I think my PB went down to about a 12.72 or 12.75. I mean, it sort of just fluctuated between there. But to me, time's a secondary thing. Um, it's all about the mindset, again, um, developing that determination and discipline to, to sort of adhere to your program. Um, and that will flow into accountability. If you don't adhere to your program, I mean, you don't train, then your results won't reflect. Um, and then having that consistency through as well. So even though I'm accountable for it, if I don't keep it consistent with my training program, then the results don't show. Um, so I suppose it's all about the process of that journey that I learned from. It was just learning about me. Um, what was my limits and how far can I push myself mentally and physically to achieve what I want to achieve? Mm. that's that's pretty cool i mean most people do it because mm. they either in, enjoy the competition or um they enjoy the camaraderie but for you i guess it's a bit of a self-development and, and self-realization self-actualization um finding yourself within that process and just enjoying the journey and i think that's so yeah. much more important that the fact that you actually enjoy the process and enjoy the journey of what you're doing and you like making mistakes because it means you're going to learn, you're going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you just always back to the drawing board, no matter if you get your PB, it's like, okay, well, where can I go now to improve? Um, so you just got to back yourself all, all the way. Um, and then in that period, I just literally got in touch with two, two other coaches, sprint coaches to see where I can, to get better. Um, one I stumbled across because I was just training at the track and I just went up to him and asked, do you do one-on-one sessions? The other one was, um, same thing. I just went down to the track just for a walk. He was there training someone else. And I just stopped him and was like, Hey, look, do you offer any of this? Yeah. So, with so that's your... how I try to sort of went back. Yeah with your six and a half years of university study on how the body works and, and how you can get optimum performance. Um, mm. What was, I guess the, the things that you found worked the best for you to, to help you get those little bit of improvements um, apart from getting the professional coaching and, and what was some of the most bogus shit that you've been told that just goes completely <laughs> against the evidence that you've learned. Bro, get a Theragun. Get a Theragun? Your recovery. <laughs> it does not. I think it's good for relaxing. But man, I wasted what a couple of hundred bucks on that. And it literally just sits under my bed now. That was one of the biggest focus thing. I'm like, I know it won't work, but you know, I'm just gonna go for it and see where it goes and nah. I don't feel the same. I don't feel any different. Right. <laughs> right. It's like using a what, a tens machine or something, ultrasound. Yeah. Okay. Respectively to those yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it might feel nice, but mm, interesting. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's great. Um, um and, but yeah, using my experience. Yeah. So um what what things did you think um uh, helped you the most actually get some progress physically? Um it was a recovery method, so just Finding what recovery method worked, um, how much sleep that you needed post-training or just leading up to a race, that was quite important for me. I found about a, a good 10-hour sleep was, was efficient. Um, so that was the biggest thing that I'll have post-training 
so on the day that I have training, I'll make sure I just sleep for 10 hours. Then before I uh, meet as well, I'd make sure I had decent sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, food-wise, that was another big thing. Um, just light things on the day, just nothing too heavy, nothing carb-heavy, nothing protein-heavy, just something to sustain you through um, to the meat. Um, if I was if I was craving something a little bit cheeky, then I had to make sure that it was on a Sunday. So therefore, I had enough time to recover for the Monday, the Tuesday training sessions. Uh, yep. Yeah, and then ice baths was a good thing. Ice baths. How um, did you get that? That was another big thing that helped me. Yeah. So how did you do ice baths? Yeah. What? Chuck, buy buy two bags of ice. Yeah. Which is not enough. Mm-hmm. Put it into the bathtub, fill it up with water, get in there for about a minute, two minutes, get back out into uh. So it's contrast showers, get into a bit of warm and then jump back into it whilst I'm doing a bit of stretches as I go to the shower. Are you following the old protocol, one minute in, one minute out for seven different rotations? So if you're in there 15 minutes just doing that? Um, yeah, sort of. Depends on if I can manage the cold for the minute. Right, right. You said two yeah. bags of uh, ice from the local server is not enough. How many is enough? I'd say three. Three bags, but then it gets too three cold. Three bags would be good. Yeah. So that was a max I went to was three. Um, yeah, two, it just melted way too quick. Just your, your hot body temperature melting all the, uh, all the ice, mate. <laughs> all the ice. That's, that's <laughs> what it was. Um, and I guess you said diet was really important to you. Now, you don't have to talk about this yeah. if you don't want to, but um, you had a bit uh-huh. of a, a health sort of, not scare, but um, things that, you know, you had to go through. Um, mm. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what was it? It was probably um, 2000 and late 2017, 18, early 2018. Driving home from work and all that, I was just, you know, eaten whatnot got home and then all of a sudden my body would just feel weird like i'd just get blurry vision muscle aches headaches um wake go to sleep so i didn't, wouldn't finish my dinner and then i'd wake up about 12 or one o'clock in the morning and just start vomiting like heat to the point where it was just like nothing was coming out uh, so that happened for about i'd say a good six months on and off that's pretty scary man yeah so you just constantly, every single time it'll hit at one o'clock in the morning and there was a night or two where I remember waking up and it was just till six o'clock in the bathroom, just sitting there, just waiting for the next one to come up. Didn't know what was happening. I went to a couple of GPs and went through heaps of tests. Didn't know what was happening until I changed GPs just to get different opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, so by this stage, it was about six months down six months to close to eight months. Um, and then, yeah, they finally said it was, um, I had gastritis, so inflammation of the, the stomach lining, but also lactose intolerance. So I can't have, can't enjoy any of my dairy anymore as much as I wanted to. Um, Cause yeah, every time I had something with dairy, which oak, oak milk was my favorite recovery thing back in the day. Don't blame um, you, mate. It's got very good evidence. Oh, it's a, yeah, amazing. Chalky milk, chalky milk spe- <laughs> especially skim milk. Just, mm. 
Yeah. Oh, I like the full cream milk. You like the skin, but you're fancy. I, so. I like the fat, but um, you know, <laughs> just um, trying to think of for those people. But um, yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this stage, I um, didn't do any sport for close to a year. No weight training, no Oz tag, no refereeing, no nothing. So that was a big, big hit to my to my lifestyle. Um, so you withered away so at nothing, time. even though there wasn't much of you already. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much at my best. I was sitting at eighty k's, and I dropped down to about sixty nine. So I lost heaps of muscle, and I suppose the body fat, whatever was on me at that stage, I'd lost all that. So it was back to square one. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, mm. And then how did you build back up? So yeah. you, you got the diagnosis that you were lactose. You you would uh-huh. have had to change your yeah. diet, throw out all the milk in the fridge, no more chocolate. Um, you're a chocolateholic. Yeah. Are you are you one of those people that just go, oh, I, I wouldn't mind a bit. Yeah, I enjoy like one or two type of chocolate blocks here and there. Um, <laughs> like my milk, like every time I go to sleep, I had a cup of milk. Um, and also I had to put like the chili things aside because that was causing the gastritis. So spicy and chili stuff. Right. Um, and then, so your your family, do you guys cook with a lot of chili in your food? No, nah, not too much. So that was easy to sort of put aside. But the dairy side was the biggest thing um, that I had to, I, yeah, had to put away. Uh, and to the Asian community, we all like pearl milk tea. <laughs> they couldn't have any of that for about a year or two. I like pearl milk tea <laughs> too, man. Oh, you know, crazy. <laughs> Well, I won't. I won't limit it to the Asian community, but you you surround yourself with a lot of the Asians, so you yeah. I mean, I grew up close enough to Cabramatta, so and spent enough time around there, so yeah. You know, I can justify <laughs> it, I think, and went to UNSW yeah, where so, the Asian population is strong. Hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> so yeah, you had to change your diet. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so I had to change all that, which was 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 challenging because. One was, okay, well, how am I going to get my dairy intake now? Uh, where am I going to have my, like, happiness, which was chocolate milk? Um, and so I just stopped dairy just straight out, cold turkey. Um, and it was hard because I was trying to put on weight too. And a lot of the supplements that I wanted had some form of dairy in it. So that was hard. So it was just resorted back to food, just solids. Um, yeah. So what diagnosis did you have to go through? So uh, what, what was the process? Was it a blood test? Was it uh, one of those rash things where they try and put... Yeah. So it was um, blood test, um, stool test, halicopactus, or I don't know how to say that word, but you blow into a bag. Yeah. So if there's like a bacteria inside your stomach. Huh. Um, what else was there? There was an MRI on my brain too. Because I, I kept getting these headaches to the point where it felt like I was hit by a car in my head. So they're like, well, let's just check out. There's no tumors, no nothing in my brain. So I went through that and everything was cleared. Um, went for a second blood test with a second doctor and nothing again. And so that's when we went for the gastron. What do you call it again? Gas, gastros- I can't say it. Never can say that word. Gastrostromy? Yeah, that one. The, way, the one where they put the camera up to the backside and down your throat as well. Endoscopy. And Endo- endoscopy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they come through both ends. Yeah, yeah. you got cameras from and, either side and they yeah. meet in the middle, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they took a biopsy out of my gut and that's how they found out. 
Wow. Okay. So that's, that's yeah. pretty intense. You had to go through a lot just to get that diagnosis. Hmm. And I think throughout the process, I was a bit in denial as well. Hmm. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, and then, yeah, I, it, it wasn't. So I'm glad that I went through the process and again, just kept persisting to find out what was wrong with me. And did you have problems yeah. with dairy as a kid growing up or just nah, all of a sudden, you nah. know, young, healthy male and then bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was how it is. I remember there was one day where I literally woke up and it felt like a thousand tons was on my body. Couldn't move a muscle, couldn't move a joint. Um, so that freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what have you gone to now? So you said you quit milk, cold Turkey. Do you have almond milk, oat yeah. milk? What do you do for recovery drinks? Or meals. Yeah, so now I've got um, a couple couple milk supplements that I go for. So it's like uh, lactose-free milk. I go for almond milk. I go for oat milk. Uh, oat milk, sorry. Um, yeah, that would be my main ones if I was to have like a smoothie or whatever. I've just recently found some um, coconut-based yogurt. So that's really good. Uh, and then what's it called? Dairy-free or vegan. Um, supplements so white wolf is one of the things i tested first and loved it so yeah now like if i have to take supplements i'll go for something that like white wolf which is which is vegan friendly Mm -hmm. and so did you have to go see a dietitian to try and get this worked out for you or did you just test things over time and and find Um, out what was your preference yeah yeah i think initially i was just researching a lot on my own um, I was referred to a dietitian by by a friend, um, which I didn't end up taking just because I didn't have time. So just like, well, most efficient is just to research, trial and error, uh, see what I can do on my own terms and, and what I understand uh, with to make the modifications. No, that's that's pretty cool. And then you had to start building back up from there. And um, how long did it take until you were feeling like yourself again? Probably close to. I'd say one or two years. Mm. It took a while because um, I went back to training in the gym. Thought I was just as good as I used to be. Uh, so, nope. Had a few back issues back then. Um, so, I had to get that fixed by Ash and um, another couple of friends who were in the physio industry. Um, so, they helped me through that and then just built my program slowly. Uh, and then I approached my friend, Chris, um, and that's when he just stripped me back and just said, this is the program we're going to do. And that's where I needed that honesty. Knowing it myself, I needed someone else to tell me. Mm-hmm. And that's where we built back um, myself mentally and physically from just square one. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty cool. And then what, that just got you back in the gym, starting up, looking yeah. at form, going lightweight and then building up mm-hmm. resistance and yeah. whatnot from there. Yeah. Yeah, you just take the load back and just work on how to just brace, for example, comfortably. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much? So you went from what sixty nine kilos back up to where are you now? I'd say seventy four, seventy five. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're you're so, a pretty tall fella for those. That, I, know, I mean, on camera, it's pretty hard to see. But um, how how tall are you? Uh, I think six one. Six one. One eighty five. Yeah, so you're you're a very lean built. Yeah. You got those, you got those long legs, long arms to get you some power starting <laughs> off the blocks on your hundred meter sprint. So that time should be um 
you know, getting pretty quick pretty soon. I want to see a sub 12. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, that's the goal. Oh, let's get that. That's the goal for this season coming through. So I've already started my training pre-season stuff, uh, mainly getting the load back up in the gym. Um, and then, yeah, in the next two weeks or so, I'll increase my field work. Okay. Yep. Now, is there any other projects that you're working on at the moment? So, I mean, you work on yourself, yeah. but um, I mean, professionally or, or anything yeah. else like that? Uh, so professionally at this stage, I've done a couple of projects in the past was um, just running workshops. So just to help de- develop juniors, um, just want to get out and understand a little bit more in terms of running um, and how they can implement that into their sport. So AFL, basketball, soccer, rugby, um, that was run that two times um, in the last couple of holidays. Then I've also built a run performance um, one-on-one coaching thing alongside with peak performance. Mm-hmm. So that's like a 10-week program split into five-week blocks where what I find different is that we create a pre-screening, identify things that need to be improved in range, in strength, in power, terms of mechanics, motor control, then taking that, putting it into the into the athlete and understanding what they want to achieve over the next five to 10 weeks. Um, first week would be like taking a, a, a base measurement in what they want to achieve in speed, power, agility, whatnot, um, and then just running through fundamentals of sprint mechanics. Then week two would be fundamentals of power development. And then from there onwards, yeah, it's just depending on what the athlete wants. Then of recent, I've started to get more into like just junior movement, uh, building their mo- mental mindset, but also physical capabilities. So that was going to be implemented before this whole um, saga went through around the world. Uh, but that's just basically introducing kids to the gym, to foundational movements, such as the hinge or like the squat pattern. Um, how to use the pull-up bar. So just getting them strong by hanging up on there um, and then that motor control too. So that coordination that a lot of sports need um, and then the mental mindset. So stuff like attitude of gratitude uh, is one of the biggest things. Um, Identifying their weaknesses and how they can improve on it. Communication skills, stuff like that. yeah. Everything that you were looking for as a teenager, um, you're mm. now providing. And then even as when you're trying to get into sprints, you, you're now providing that one-on-one coaching that you found so hard to find in the first place. So I think that's pretty cool that, you know, you found it difficult to actually... Sorry, you're breaking up, bro. You got me? Yeah. Okay. So no, I think it's pretty yeah, cool that... Break up. You got me now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweet. So I think it's pretty cool that you have gone through. I don't got you now, but yeah, I do. Okay. You've gone through and you've created programs where when you were a kid, you were trying to put together or you were trying to find such a program and now you're giving it to someone else. Mm. So um, what age group is this, this particular program targeted at? Um, Basically anyone from like say eight onwards up to 16, 17. Mm -hmm. Um, that's yeah, the biggest one because I feel like at that stage, 
kids need to explore what they're capable of and not just be focused on one thing like they can be but in terms of the body movement study um sort of say if you just kept driving sorry if you kept wearing the same shoes over and over and over and over then you just wear out your joints you wear out your muscles you increase your risk of injury so your longevity in the in the sporting world isn't going to be there so just allowing them to understand and to explore other avenues is, is important at that, that age yeah, there's a there's a lot of controversy, I guess, about specialising in sport at such a young age at the moment. Mm. Um, for some sports, it really works. For other sports, it's a bit of a question mark on that. Um, what's what's your take on those sorts of things? Do you think they should try a variety of different skills when they're young, and then you know when they get to I guess ages of twelve, thirteen, fourteen, mm. that's when they start to pick a sport and stick with it for a little bit. Um, I think it depends on how early they've started started being involved in sport. Um, the other thing is have one or two sports that you know you enjoy mostly of but have other things to to test out as well Um, because you can always again it comes down to developing different communication skills um, spatial awareness and coordination yeah yeah fair enough I mean you would have tried a plethora of sports as a kid growing up yeah um yeah what like what were you playing when you were growing up uh pretty much anything and everything hey like i went from cricket to basketball to tennis to like table to just running to like long distances um other tag rugby touch yeah jack of golf, all sports golf yeah. right yeah you're the jack of all sports master of none hey exactly <laughs> and then the peak of your athletic career is refereeing at the state of origin for Oztag. Uh I'd say so. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. No, actually it would be the state cup, the state cup one where I sort of um, was in the top ranks because mm-hmm. I went in not, not wanting to be, get anything out of it, but aside from personal development that, yeah, to say that, hey, look, you're one of the good referees, that was really rewarding. Right. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and if you were to give advice to 15-year-old Kev, what would you tell him? What's that, sorry? If you were to give advice to the 15-year-old Kev, so 15-year-old self, so if you were to go back in time and say, hey, Kev, listen here, mate, Here's some home truths that you need to know. What would you tell him? Sorry, you're breaking up. Sorry, mate. Um, so if you were to tell 15-year-old Kevin uh, some advice, maybe even before he got into refereeing, yeah. what, what would you tell him? Sorry, I, can't, I couldn't get you, bro. <laughs> you don't have me? Go, go again. What advice would you give 15-year-old Kevin? Oh, got it. Um, explore everything and anything and don't be afraid to ask for help. Shame and embarrassment will pay off in the future. It's necessary. Yeah. 
And if you were trying to seek help, where would you go look for help? People that you would trust, like at 15, I'd say people that you would trust. Um, so literally anyone, so family, um, aunties, uncles, cousins, um, teachers, friends, if you're involved in, in like a sporting um, team, your coach would be a nice one to go to. Um, if you're not, then I suppose just keep asking people, who do you know would be able to help me in this avenue? Because um, from my experience, doing it lately, pathways will be created when you keep asking. I agree. I, I'm completely in the exact same position. I'd say that the the more often you ask for help and you recognize that you could um, develop further from seeking help from uh, a mentor or um, a specialist in the mm. field or just someone who's just slightly ahead of you, um, or even below you, you never know yeah. who you could learn something from and you never know. Um, yeah. You don't know what they know cause you haven't been in their shoes. So yeah. don't judge someone from, I guess their cover. You, you want mm. to approach everything with an open mind if possible and see what you can learn from them and, and grow from there. And then yeah. if you're trying to really be proactive into, um, trying to better yourself and, and be the best version of yourself, yeah. Um, as long as you're willing to put yourself out there, you're going to get what you want in return. Mm. Yeah. And even if it's, even if it's not something that you ideally want out of them, you still learn something. Mm. Mm. And it might not um, be what it, you want. It might be what you need. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's why, yeah, you just got to be open-minded to, 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 to what people have to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty true. Um, man, I think, I think that's pretty cool. I think we'll leave it there. Um, we'll, we'll wrap it up now. Now. So if anyone wanted to try and find you and wanted you to treat them as their physiotherapist, where do we go? Uh, so I've got Instagram, um, best place to reach me would be at KV underscore physio. Um, or you could even reach me out and see what we do at our peak performance one, which is at peak performance physio. Yeah. And that should pop up. Right. And if you Google peak performance physiotherapy or peak performance physiotherapy guy, Mia, um, yeah. you should be able to find it as one of the first searches. Yeah. hundred percent. And we could find um, your ugly melon on there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's not that pretty. So I wouldn't go onto the website to look at my face. <laughs> just, just go in and book in. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, if if anyone sort of is wanting some help, advice or anything in terms of physio side of things, running side of things, I'm open up for it. Um, yeah, just shoot me a DM. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for coming on. That's all right. I appreciate it. And I might have you on in the future if you if you allow it. No, looking forward to it. If there is another one. Awesome. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Maury. Bye.